On today's show, a lot of heartburn over the proposed food tax increase. And the question, censure over impeachment. Representative Ben McAdams is on the censure train. Tune in Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11 for Dave and Dijanovic. At Farmers Insurance, we know the sound of a perfect hot air balloon landing. And a less than perfect one. Seen it, covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Welcome to Innovation and Leadership. Today on the show, we've got Reed Quinn. Ultimately, we are a consumer product company that sells into brick-and-mortar retail. Um, and that's kind of our sustainable uh, portion of our business. But the immediate return and the easy-to-track portion of our business is, is mostly online. This is another episode of Innovation and Leadership, where we interview all kinds of high achievers, from world-class musicians to CEOs, authors, and pro athletes. Try to find the common elements of success, no matter what you're working on. Before we start the show today, I want to put a shout-out for our guest, Reed Quinn, who you're going to hear from. Uh, his group has helped start a conference called ProductPowerUp.com. It's a, a pretty awesome event. They're going to have the founder of Stance Socks. They're having the CEO of Epoxy. They're having one of the Harmon brothers. If you don't know them, they're an ad agency that's helped sell $100 million in product last year, making viral videos. Great guys. I think the conference is going to be awesome. I'm going to be there moderating the marketing panel. Again, ProductPowerUp.com. Hope you check it out. Also, we've got a new book coming out soon. If you want to get an advanced copy for free, please email me, jess at innovationandleadership.com and just tell me in the email. Again, jess, J-E-S-S, at innovationandleadership.com. And now on to the episode. Reed, thanks for making time. I'm glad to be here. So you're a founder at Spark Innovation. Um, you've been a part of uh, some pretty cool brand stories. Um, the one that took over my house this last Christmas was Fiber Fix. You guys had that advertisement that went viral, got like 2.3 million views, I think, so far. And me and my brothers and my brother-in-laws all got Fiber Fix in our stockings this year. Uh, for people who don't know what Fiber Fix is, can you tell us about it? Yeah, it's um, it's a little bit like orthopedic casting tape. If you've ever had a broken uh, bone, you know, broken arm or leg, um, you might have gone to the doctor and they would have put something kind of like uh, Fiber Fix on um, on you. And um, it's water activated. It's a pre-impregnated composite. So. Uh, when you open an airtight pouch and you add water, you have a couple minutes to work with it, and it, and it turns uh, hard like steel. So if you have a broken pipe, a broken shovel, a tool handle, uh, maybe it's something with your car, you wrap it up with fiber fix, and a few minutes later, it's, it's harder than, than when it started. So it's kind of a cool repair product. We sell it uh, in um, hardware stores like Home Depot and Lowe's. We sell it in automotive stores like O'Reilly's and AutoZone and Pet Boys. And uh, we've been at it for about uh, five years. So, Well, l- let's talk about this. I mean, we're going to talk about being on Shark Tank five times and KT Tape and the other things you've done too. But uh, l- let's talk about this video because it's so dramatic. I mean, guy drives a car off a cliff says what if a roll cage was was held together with duct tape and of course the car smashes right and then he says what if it was held together with something 100 times stronger than duct tape or i don't know how much whatever the number is where did the i mean you worked with the Harmon brothers on that right yeah we did um you know we had done some videos on our own before that we had sawed a, a bike in half and 
then taped it back together with fiber fix. We had cut into sprinkler lines and, and uh, you know, pl- other plumbing and, and showed how easy it was to fix things with fiber fix. And um, we'd actually been talking with the Harmon brothers for three or four uh, years before we actually pulled the trigger on the video. Um, they liked the product. Um, we actually met them because uh, as they were starting uh, VidAngel, they uh, wanted to do a video where they shot uh, paintballs at a family. You know, they dressed the family in white, they put them in front of the TV, and they showed, you know, uh, that, uh, uh, you know, the family is under fire from all the profanity and, and things that happens in, in videos. And they wanted to show that really viscerally with uh, shooting paintballs at these people, but then they thought, we, we've got to protect them somehow. And so we actually helped them make some fiber fixed body armor. And uh, <laughs> for their originally, so underneath the clothes of the people in the video, are these suits of armor that we made with fiber fix and it, and it formed right um, to uh, to the people and, and protected them. And they had tried all sorts of solutions and, and you know, we, we comped them the fiber fix, but we started at that time and they said, this is a really impressive product. We'd really like to do a video and it just wasn't, wasn't in our budget. And so, um, you know, we kept talking and uh, finally we, we got a kind of large enough size as a company that we thought it would be worthwhile to, uh, to give a viral video uh, of the caliber that the Harmon brothers do a shot. And, um, and so, we gave them some more product and we said, all right, go and go and play with this. And one of the first things that they did was wrap it around some metal pipes and they couldn't break them. And they tried all sorts of things to break these pipes. Um, they banged them against things. And finally they drove cars over them to try and break them once they had been taped together with fiber fix. And it ended up bending the pipe and they came back to us and they said, this is strong enough to hold a car. You know, we should do something with a roll cage. And that was where the, the idea originated. It wasn't uh, something that we came up with. It was something that uh, they came up with trying to break fiber fix after they had, had, you know, stuck big steel pipes together with it. Yeah. You know, um, we hear a lot about them. Just we had um, the folks from from chat books on the show before. Um, and uh, obviously they've got the, you know, the funny videos with Squatty Potty and Poopery and these other things. Right. Um, from, for people from the outside looking in, you know, I'm not sure everybody understands really the cost and the time that goes into, you know, that level of video. Can you give people a little bit of a a look behind the curtains of, you know, this isn't, you know, 20 grand in your buddy's camera? Yeah, no, there was, um, you know, it ended up being around, you know, just the production cost, not the money to push it out there and advertise and, and things like that. But, you know, the video ended up being, around five minutes long and the cost was somewhere around a hundred thousand dollars a minute yeah and when you guys are making that kind of a decision um you know being entrepreneurial you're not spending you know some big corporation's money this is you know this is your company's money what went into the decision of like okay you know we've got you know the bike crash video with a hundred thousand views we've got you know the product is doing well on video. How do you make the decision to go from that quality to, uh, you know, to this $500,000 quality? For us, you try everything else first. <laughs> um, yeah, we had, had tried a lot of ways to uh, market the product. Um, we had seen a real increase in uh, awareness leading to an increase in sales. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, we had seen that with some other PR that we'd done. Uh, we had previously been on Shark Tank and we'd seen a huge bump in um, not only temporary, you know, people going on and buying it that saw it on the show, you know, during the time that the show was airing, but a sustained bump 
that, that we would see people who bought it once coming back and buying it again and, and being aware of it, talking to their neighbors about it. Um, and uh, we thought, yeah, we just need to find some, some ways to increase the uh, product awareness of, of, the, of, of FiberFix as, as a product and as a brand. And if we can do that and we can do it sustainably. Yeah. In other words, we've got to be able to see if we spend twenty thousand dollars that within a relatively short period of time, twenty you know twenty thousand dollars come back. And we just tried all sorts of things. Uh, we tried event marketing. We tried direct response TV. We tried as seen on TV. We tried QVC and, and um, you know kind of home shopping. We tried some of our own viral videos. We tried PR, and uh, we just were not able to see, um, you know, a lot of the returns that we needed to to uh, make that sustainable. And um, yeah, we were just kind of running out of of uh, viable options. This was definitely. Um, a much larger investment than other things that we had tried. But uh, as we got to know the Harmon brothers over time, and as we kind of tracked their success and, and uh, um, saw what they were doing differently, we, we slowly kind of gained some confidence and, and decided to go for it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, this, this calculation of, and then how much do you spend to push it? How do you, how do you calculate that? How do you guys come up with the number you feel comfortable about, you know, the spend to actually have people find out about the video? Well, that's a good question. So um, what we look at is um, web sales. Uh, ultimately, we um, are a consumer product company that sells into brick and mortar retail. Um, and that's kind of our sustainable uh, portion of our business. But the immediate return and the easy to track portion of our business is, is mostly online. And, um, you know, if people see the product online, it's a lot easier to track uh, from them watching the video to going to our website to checking out and, and track what they spend. And so we kind of have a, had a baseline for our online sales pre-launch of our first FiberFix video and then uh, an immediate, you know, spike um, as the video went viral and then kind of a sustained, you know, a very long tail uh, on the end of it. And, and we kind of just watched above the baseline how much we were and is that enough to continue to promote the video, to push it out there, to identify audiences and, um, you know, keep, uh, keep spending on, on the video to, to um, increase the, the viewership. And so do you think about it as a, as a percentage of your production budget or a multiple of your production budget? Or how do you, how do you think about that number? Um, best case scenario, it's a multiple of your production budget because, you know, it's very popular. But really, once the video is out there and produced, everything that you spend on production is a sunk cost. Yeah. And and so um, we just, uh, you know, uh, gauge how much to spend on the return. So, you know, day to day, season to season, depending on what's going on uh, in the world, that that changes. It changes quite a bit. It's, it's quite a bit different in the spring than it is in the fall than it is in the winter. Mm. It's quite a bit different um, after a Hurricane Harvey than it is before. Yeah. Um, you know, because people are have more to repair or maybe they're thinking more about preparedness or, you know, just just things change. It could be the news. It could be the season. Um, it could be, you know, a, a holiday where people actually have the time to garden and get out in their yard. And so every day we're kind of adjusting that up and down and learning new things. Um, it also, you know, has a little bit to do with the saturation. We have some markets that respond much better than others. And some of those are very large markets and some of those are very small markets. And, and you definitely hit a point of uh, saturation with, with each market where people are less responsive because they've seen it before and they've made the decision, I'm, I'm not going to purchase or I already have purchased. Yeah, sure. 
So and and well, let, let's change gears for just a minute. This is not your first rodeo. How'd you get into entrepreneurship? Well, um, it, it really started um, back when I first graduated from uh, college. Um, I uh, had served an LDS mission in Taiwan, and I spoke Chinese, and I really wanted to use um, my language, and um, and so I wanted to do business with China. And as I started looking at opportunities over there, they all have to do with products. Um, there are some service companies, but primarily what, what comes out of China is product-based. And um, so my first uh, uh, job out of college was with a composite boat building company. They made racing boats and um, they were moving their manufacturing from the U.S. to China. And, and um, I was involved for a, a year with kind of a tech transfer to a Chinese company. And I just loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun uh, working over there. It was very challenging, but also very rewarding. And um, uh, But I wanted to move my family back to the States. And so I started looking for opportunities and I um, joined a startup that was doing uh, retail products, um, primarily the gift card packaging. So back uh, in the early 2000s, gift cards were all the rage. Before that, it was gift certificates. And then uh, retailers started coming out with these plastic cards that you could put money on. And um, and it was quickly becoming the very largest of all retail categories. Um, gift cards are probably the only ubiquitous goods. You know, if you have um, apparel, you can only sell it to the apparel retailers. If you have food, you can only sell it to grocery. If you have um, electronics, it can only go to a certain set. But gift cards are seen in restaurants they're you know they're sold in in grocery and convenience stores and department stores even financial institutions uh like chase or american express have gift cards and uh, you know companies like amazon and itunes so we had uh we were in a in a quickly growing category we were working with a lot of different retailers and it was really my introduction to to uh, retail and it was very much a startup um when that company sold after about five years um i I said, all right, I need to do this um, on my own. I'd like to do a couple things differently. I'd like to actually build a brand rather than just produce products for retailers uh, kind of under their own brand. I'd like something that is a little bit higher value than an envelope or a tin box or a, you know, a paper box that holds a gift card. Um, and so I kind of had some ideas of what I wanted to do, but uh, my first entrepreneurial venture was KT tape. And it was just right um, when that uh, gift card business sold that uh, it was the uh, Beijing 2008 um, Olympic Games. And there was a beach volleyball player named Carrie Walsh that was wearing some stretchy, sticky, black athletic tape on her shoulder. And uh, that ended up being um, uh, the, the first product company that uh, that I helped start. Well, and to me, this is an interesting story. I remember when we were at dinner and we were talking about this and you were talking about like just literally going and checking searches and like instead of thinking up what you want to do and then trying to find people to buy it, you went out, you know, at least what I felt like you were saying is that you found something that people were already interested in, that there was a market player and you were trying to fill an existing need. Is that accurate portrayal? Yeah, it was. It was kind of a little bit surprising. Um, you know, through a lot of years of doing consumer products, um, I really have found that um, opportunities um, are, are more meaningful than, uh, than, than any specific product. Um, I feel like there's, there's a pretty distinct 
uh, difference between an inventor and an entrepreneur. Um, you know, inventors think about uh, a product that they come up with as, as you would your children. You know, you don't just give up on child A and move on to child B. You know, they're, they're your children. You, you keep at it until uh, it works, you know, and you keep you know trying something new. You find a new teacher. You, you know, uh, let them switch sports. It, it, you just keep trying and trying until you think it works. Um, I feel like entrepreneurs is kind of like, well, this is, you know, uh, taking a lot of time and energy. Let's shift gears. Let's, you know, maybe maybe we abandon this and focus on something else. And so I kind of um, came out of uh, the gift card business looking for opportunities, uh, not necessarily a specific product or a specific category. I didn't, didn't know that I would end up doing something in kind of tapes and adhesives. And um, it was um, actually the moment that I, I recall thinking, this is a really good opportunity. I didn't know a lot about the product, but I knew that there was something there. When um, MSNBC spent 11 minutes on national television talking about this tape on Carrie Walsh's arm. What's it called? Is it covering up a tattoo? No, she had surgery on her shoulder, and um, this is helping her recover. And we found out that it's called kinesiology tape. And I Googled kinesiology tape, and there was very little information about it. And so I went to Google Trends, and I said, who else is looking at kinesiology tape right now? And I remember that this was the Olympics that Michael Phelps really just um, uh, kind of debuted and, and set a whole bunch of uh, records and, and was the most de decorated Olympic athlete. And it was actually on Google Trends, and I remember this, it was August 14th of 2008, it showed kinesiology tape number one uh, on Google Trends and Michael Phelps number two. And I thought, there are a lot of people looking at this product right now. This is a lot of eyeballs. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder if, if this is a wave that, that uh, I could ride. So Okay, and so how do you, because, I mean, Shark Tank five times, you're in 20,000 retail locations, you've got the Walmarts and the Home Depots and, you know, the those placements that, that product people really covet, right? Um, you obviously know what you're doing. How do you get... How do you get to a place of comfort of this is a wave, this isn't a quick fad? You know, this is a groundswell. This is not a, this is not a flash in the pan. Yeah, well, I, there were like five questions I remember that I came up with, and I don't remember the questions exactly, but I know some of them. Um, I wanted to know if we could get a uh, endorsement agreement with Carrie Walsh, if we could put her name and image on the packaging, because that would really tie us to this product and, and kind of remind people, oh, yeah, I've seen this. Um, I wanted to know if the product was actually effective, if it, you know, if it was placebo or if it actually uh, offered uh, support and relief and, and some of the things that I read about that uh, people were claiming. Um, I wanted to not do a Me Too product. I mean, it obviously already existed. Uh, was there a way to improve it? Um, you know, and I just went down the line. Um, I also wanted to make sure that the retailers were interested in it, that there was sufficient interest. You know, it's one thing for the consumers to be interested in it, but, um, you know, sometimes uh, you got to convince two people to get a product on shelf. One is the buyer at the retailer that, that makes the decision of what goes onto the shelf. They've got to be on board. And then the second is, is of course, the end user that, that pulls it off the shelf and, and purchases it. And so I wanted to get some, some comfort with all of those questions. And, and that actually that took a little bit of work. So Yeah, can you tell us a bit about that process? Um, yeah, I mean, over the next uh, month and a half, two months, um, you know, just knocked out those questions one at a time. We'd, 
contacted Kerry Walsh's agent and, and uh, said, is this something that you guys would be interested in about how much would this cost, uh, you know, and what would that type of a deal look like? And that was, you know, one, one Google search and we, we identified who it was and it, that actually went very smoothly. Um, we met with a, a group of uh, local chiropractors and uh, we took lunch to their office and we sat down with them for an hour and uh, asked them all sorts of questions. Who gets the most benefit uh, from this tape? Can you apply it yourself? How difficult is it uh, to learn how to apply? Um, do you know who receives the most benefit? How do they know that they're receiving? Is it just pain relief? Do they get back to their activity faster? And and so all of these things were kind of helping me form. Uh, who the demographic uh, audience was, whether, uh, you know, we were going to sell this to pediatrics or geriatrics or, you know, athletes. Um, and uh, that all kind of came together through this process. Um, we contacted um, the right people at the retailers, uh, leveraging relationships that um, we had built up doing people's gift card programs. Hey, who would be the buyer for this type of product? And then once we contacted that buyer, uh, you know, we'd say, hey, are you aware of this product? Are you interested in it? Um, you know, have you, have you heard of kinesiology tape? And they say, are you kidding? I get like 200 emails a day. People are, are on our website. They're in our store. They're looking for it. They're, you know, asking me if they're spelling it wrong or if I know where they can find it. And um, so there's a lot of interest. So as soon as you guys are ready, get in here and, and show us what you got. And so, you know, it, it looked like a, you know, the more that I uh, delved into qualifying the opportunity, um, the the more apparent it, it was that this is um, something that doesn't happen very often, where there's a lot of demand and um, no uh, brand and uh, supplier uh, that's already filling that niche. Yeah. Um, you know, I know we're, we're closing in on time here for episode one. When you think about um, making wise decisions or, or things that you wish you would have known earlier, what do you feel like having done all this and been through the ups and downs and tried the million things that didn't work? Um, what's kind of the first piece of advice that comes to mind when you think about all the stuff you've been through? Um not giving up easily. Um, you know, anytime that we approached a really difficult problem, um, it, it, one of the first things that you have to identify is, is the reason that this problem is difficult is because we're going at it the wrong way or because it, it really is unsolvable. And um, so, um, you know, one of the things that I found with entrepreneurship is that always changing your uh, your methods and your approach and, and questioning if you're doing it the right way um, is key. Um, I'm pretty stubborn, uh, and I think most entrepreneurs are. But um, so it, I have to continually remind myself um, to step back, look at the big picture, uh, get some some other uh, opinions, um, and, and kind of evaluate the approach and uh, change things up sooner than later. Don't don't keep trying the same thing if it's not working. But so I, I, you know, I quickly think of the like, you know, the Winston Churchill never, never give up. And then I think of the Warren Buffett, you know, if you find yourself in a leaky boat, energy is better spent finding a new boat than repairing the one you're in. Sure. Um, any advice for the rest of us that are trying to make that decision, figure out, <laughs> figure out which one it is that we're looking at? Yeah, for me, I do this kind of, am I getting more and more excited or more and more discouraged? Um, intuitively, I think that, you know, am I, am I making progress in this leaky boat? Is the water line going up or down? Um, you know, uh, is, is, uh, do I just need to work harder or should I apply the same effort to something else? Am I more excited about it? another opportunity. 
Um, so, but it is, it's a very difficult um, position to be in. And sometimes you're just a little too close to it. So I also um, have uh, a lot of, uh, whether they're partners or friends, mentors, people that I look up to, and I like to use people as a sounding board. Sometimes they don't even need to respond. <laughs> sometimes just sitting, sitting down and trying to explain a situation that I've got myself into to somebody else who, whose opinion I trust, just listening to myself explain and present the problem a lot of times lends a lot of uh, insight. Um, wow, there's a lot to explain away. You know, this sounds pretty awful i i should maybe um back up a little bit and and uh think about this or you know this does seem like something that we could get through so anyway there's uh yeah yeah i uh, i love it i actually think it, that that's a great place to stop um let's i actually want to talk more about it in the second episode so everybody tune into the next episode of read we're gonna we're gonna continue this conversation Thanks for making time, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Well, that's it for the show. I hope you liked it. Again, please check out the conference Reed and his team have helped build called ProductPowerUp.com. It's happening uh, this coming Thursday with founder of Stance Socks, Code Epoxy CEO Davis Smith, one of the Harmon brothers. And uh, as before, if you're interested in getting on the list to get an advanced copy of our new book coming out, uh, just email me, jess at innovationandleadership.com. Again, J-E-S-S at innovationandleadership.com. And just let me know. Thanks so much for listening. At Farmers Insurance, we know the sound of a perfect hot air balloon landing. And a less than perfect one. Seen it, covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.